Hey there, and welcome to the Oscars Death Race Podcast, where we try to watch all the Oscar-nominated movies, or die trying. My name is Paulo, and I'm your host. Happy Nomination Day, everyone. It's that time of year when we Death Racers wake up early, especially if you're on the West Coast, and tune into the live stream to see if our pre-race prep paid off, if our predictions are correct, and we either celebrate or grieve, or perhaps a little bit of both, uh, that our favorites did or did not make it in. And of course, with about 47 days, give or take, but who's counting, uh, until the Oscar ceremony, uh, we are on our way to catch any films we have missed We have missed to try and complete that Oscars death race once again. Uh, this episode, we're going to go over the nominees this year, see who snuck in, who struck out. Uh, we'll go over the results of the nominations prediction contest. Uh, I'm going to go through each category and say, you know, if there was anyone who got a perfect category and how many. Uh, and it will shout out who among us has is the ultimate nomination predictor. Uh, spoiler alert, this year we had multiple people beating Gold Derby. Uh, and then finally, we'll take stock of the films I personally have to see and plan out my race uh, and the rest of the episodes this season. Uh, over the next month and a half. I also have some hot takes. Uh, I also have some hot takes uh, of who, of, you know, please don't hold me to these, but these are going to be my predictions for who I think will win each category. Uh, it's a lot to cover. I have a drink with me to keep my post, my throat part, uh, um, you know, parched uh, or not parched, whatever the phrase is. Uh, I'm just excited to get in. Let's go ahead and hop right into this uh, episode. In Best Picture, the nominees are... American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, uh, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Things, and The Zone of Interest. Now, honestly, even though this is the biggest category of the day, this honestly was probably the least surprising category to predict. This matches perfectly with the PGA 10, uh, the first time in history has ever done so. And while there may at one point have been hope for May, December, all of the strangers, or even the color purple, as we covered here on the show, um, they just lacked the precursors to really get across that finish line. As such, out of the 54 people who submitted for my nomination contest, 39 people got this 100% correct, including myself. This is actually the most co correctly predicted category and one that Gold Derby also had perfect. Uh, if Of these, if I had to pick a winner today, I'd probably put money on Oppenheimer if I was that sort of man. Uh, moving to Best Director, the nominees are Justine Trier for Anatomy of a Fall, Martin Scorsese, Kills the Flower Moon, Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer, Yorgos Lanthimos for Poor Things, and Jonathan Glazer for The Zone of Interest. Now, notably, Greta Gerwig for Barbie ended up missing out in this category, which smells to me similar to what happened with Denny Villeneuve for Dune a couple years ago, though uh, the discourse around this in the last day or so has been somewhat unbearable. Uh, I'm not going to dig into this here. Maybe in a future episode, maybe I'll just get into Deathies. Uh, but it's kind of insane. I mean, she still did get nominated uh, for uh, screenwriting, which we'll talk about later on. Um... Anyway, also missing here is Holdovers director Alexander Payne, who many had penciled in as a you know perennial favorite for the Oscars. But you know, in their place comes the dual European threat of Jonathan Glazer, which Gold Derby did have over Payne, uh, and then Justine Trier uh, for an for Zone of Interest and Anatomy of Fall, respectively. I personally got this one four out of five, missing out on Glazer as I thought there would be only room for one European director, and I went with the one that seemed more winning with uh, Trier, um, and also including uh, Robbie in my in my five. Out of the 54 people who submitted, only four got this correct. Uh, users Majelica, Whitney Joe, General 51, and PM. Uh, if I had to guess the winner, I would say at this point, probably Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer. Moving on to Best Actress, the nominees are Annette Benning for Nyad, 
Lily Gladstone in Killers of the Flower Moon, Sandra Huller for Anne of Fall, uh, Carrie Mulligan for Maestro, and Emma Stone in Poor Things. Again, notable Barbie snub was Greta Gerwig for Barbie. Uh, uh, sorry, for Margot Robbie. Again, uh, again, we'll, cir- we'll circle back to this again in a second. But again, she also got nominated for producer, so she's not like she's lacking a nomination. Uh, the other favorite nominee to miss, which you know Gold Derby had in its sixth place, was Past Lives of Greta Lee, uh, which I personally didn't have. Instead, Annette Bennick comes in for her role in Nyad. While I haven't seen Nyad myself, I suspect what pushed this over the edge uh, was between the Netflix campaigning was also the physicality of the role, which you know one does have to respect. Uh, this was a category only two people fully got correct, uh, Jeff Mahoney and actually myself. So pat on the back, me. Uh, as far as who I think gets the win here, I'm going to go with Lily Gladstone to be the first indigenous woman to win the award uh, in addition to her already making history by being the first nominated. Uh, moving on to Best Actor, the nominees are Bradley Cooper in Maestro, uh, Coleman Domingo for Rustin, Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers, Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer, and Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction. Now, this one was pretty well predicted. 29 of 54 people got this correct, including myself, um, as well as Gold Derby as well. Um, while earlier in the race, it looked like maybe Coleman Domingo had been dropped out, replaced by Jeffrey Wright. As precursors came in, you know, it turns out not as many people were as jazzed with Leonardo DiCaprio's role in Kills the Flower Moon as we would assume. So I think many people adjusted their predictions accordingly, unfortunately leaving out Andrew Scott, who I would have loved to see in here. Uh, this is another cat. Um, as of right now, you know, I do have Murphy winning, but uh, it is actually fairly close with Paul Giamatti. I could totally see them uh, going with Giamatti here. Um, moving to supporting actress, the nominees are Emily Blunt for Oppenheimer, Danielle Brooks for The Color Purple, America Ferreira for Barbie, Jodie Foster in Nyad, and Divine Joy Randolph uh, in The Holdovers. I hope I pronounced that right. I keep pronouncing it wrong each time. Um, anyway, the big elephant in the room here is that America Ferreira got in for Barbie, while Barbie herself, uh, Bar- Margot Robbie, did not. Again, I do root for America Ferreira as an actress overall. This is the first nomination, I think, of the night. One of the ones I'm probably the least happy with uh, for the entire for the entire ceremony. You know, I, in my opinion, out of just that one monologue speech, which, you know, is iconic, I just didn't think there was too much for a character to do compared to other potential nominees. Uh, in particular, I'm thinking of Penelope Cruz and Ferrari or Julianne Moore in May, December, both of whom Gold Derby had as more likely picks. Definitely reminds me of how in Jews and Black Messiah, both its lead actors got nominated for supporting uh Supporting, leaving me the question who was actually the lead in there. Uh, in any case, six people were able to correctly predict this category. Uh, I, uh, I Covers Jam, Nicola 5186, Dad's Not Mad, Ava, Sensitive Sport, and Yellow Topaz. Uh, this is probably the most locked category uh, of the eight above the line categories with Divine Joy Randolph getting the win here. Uh, moving to Best Supporting Actor, the nominees are uh, Sterling K. Brown for American Fiction, Robert De Niro in Kills of the Flower Moon, Robert Downey Jr. in Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling as, as, in Barbie, and Mark Ruffalo in Poor Things. Now, a couple things to talk about here. I think you know, RDJ, Robert De Niro, and Ryan Gosling all were pretty safe from the get-go. For Poor Things, I think it was going to come down to the question of was it going to be the more veteran Willem Dafoe or the more flashier Mark Ruffalo? Personally, I wanted Dafoe. Um, I found his character just a little bit more interesting, and I thought it would you know, also go that way since last year we saw with the Fablemans, we saw the more veteran Judd Hurst getting in over the more present Paul Dano. 
However, it seems the Academy loved Ruffalo's performance a little bit more, which I can't really fault him. It was a fun performance. Um, and then, you know, Sterling K. Brown, I think, definitely capitalized over how much people li- really liked American fiction, as opposed to myself, who just found that film overall just okay. I mean, Brown does have the charisma for this role and has, you know, a decent amount of depth to his character. And, you know, given that the May-December train had lost steam a little bit early, my ideal pick, why I had hoped it to kind of uh, Charles Melton, uh, did not come to pass. There was some round late in the race about Dominic Nixessa, but I seriously didn't really uh, consider him. I didn't really seriously consider him, given that the Academy rarely rewards someone who has literally never acted before on screen in their first role, especially for young men. Uh, in any case, five people correctly put in this category uh, Andreas Babs, Jack0136, uh, 213846, yes, their username is all numbers, uh, Sensitive Sport, and Yellow Topaz. Uh, for my winner prediction, right now, all the momentum seems to be with Robert Downey Jr., I don't really see anyone else able to really catch up to him, though I would personally probably of these pick Robert De Niro as my choice. Uh, moving to adapted screenplay, the nominees are uh, American Fiction by Cord Jefferson, based on the novel Eraser by Percival Everett, uh, Barbie by Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach, based on characters by, created by Ruth Handler, Oppenheimer by Chris Nolan, based on the biography American Prometheus by Kai Bird and Martin J. Serwin. Poor Things by Tony McNamara, based on the novel by Alice Dale Gray. And The Zone of Interest by Jonathan Glazer, based on the novel by Martin Ami. Now, this one seemed like a bit of a locked category once Barbie moved into here and out of uh, out of original screenplay. However, it turns out the Academy still had surprises for us. Achilles the Flower Moon missed uh, in favor of Zone of Interest. I can respect this, actually, since Zone, I think, is very well a deserving film. Love to see it get more interest. Um, and, you know, perhaps there was a little bit of pushback against, you know, uh, the script of Kills the Flower Moon being too centered on the white perspective, even though they already moved it, a little, moved it from what the actual original novel was. Uh, regardless, definitely a sign of weakness, I think, for Close the Flower Moon overall, especially combined with Missing Leo. Uh, two people here were able to make this call perfectly, though. Uh, Jeff Mahoney and Natalone813. Uh, here, I see what I here. I'm going to predict a little bit of an upset. Uh, I think American Fiction could take the win here. It really overperformed the day uh, that I expected. I don't see it having a realistic shot anywhere else, and I think people will want to reward this film in some way at the Oscars. Uh, personally, though, uh, I would say it should be Oppenheimer. And you know, while I am going to say right now American Fiction, um, it could very well just go Oppenheimer. Um, so yes. Uh, Going to take a pause. Uh, moving finally to uh, original screenplay, uh, rounding out the above line categories. Uh, the nominees are uh, Anatomy of a Fall by Justine Frey and Arthur Harari, The Holdovers by David Hemmingson, Maestro, uh, Bradley Cooper and Josh Singer, uh, May December, Screenplay by Sammy Burtz and Story by Sammy Burtz and Alex Mechanic, and Past Lives by Celine Song. Uh, with Barbie moving out of this category, it seemed like the top four, you know, holdovers, past lives, and then I fall in May-December war, pretty safe here, even if May-December was losing steam. Uh, the question was, who was going to be the fifth nominee? It ended up being Maestro uh, at the end, which, you know, surprises me given that I think the screenplay was the most criticized part of the film. Um, I'd say I'm slightly, pe- I would say I'm slightly peeved, but I don't really have any strong feelings about what should have replaced it. Um, you know, maybe Boy in the Heron, perhaps, but even then there's an argument that could be adapted screenplay. I had predicted air, the curveball air. Uh, others hoped it would be Saltburn. Um, you know, now that was the Gold Derby five. Now, however, this five uh, for original screenplay was the Gold Derby five, um, and fifteen other people also predicted it as well. Now, as far as predicting a winner, uh, this one I'm going to go with the holdovers. You know, another feel good is type movie, uh, though it really should be past lives in my opinion, or at the very least, Anatomy of a Fall. 
Uh, taking a pause real quick, you know, 10 minutes in, uh, one of the stats I'd been harping on historically, you know, when trying to make these picks, you know, people are saying, oh, it's going to be all Barbie, all Oppenheimer, all poor things, all kills the flower moon up top. And, you know, we saw some misses here, right? We saw misses uh, for Barbie. We saw misses for kill of the flower moon, two eats, um, you know, and uh, I think, you know, obviously those still end up going to best picture films. Um, one of the stats specifically I'd been looking at was what about f- nominations that would go to uh, non-best picture films in these above the line categories. Historically, it's been 10 to 12 nominations among 8 to 10 films. Um, you know, this year was half as much, you know, only five nominations going among four films that were not in best picture. These are, are the two Nyad nominations. Um, we have May, December, um, uh, we have uh, Rustin uh, for Best Actor, and then uh, we have um, uh, uh, Daniel Brooks for Supporting Actress and Color Purple. So, you know, definitely not as much, still a little bit more top-heavy this year than in past years. Um, now, there are a couple of ways to take this, right? Optimistically, maybe that these films in the top were just so good that they just kind of crowded out all the other competition, or the more pessimistic view that you know, there were just fewer great films this year, so only a few could sign. Whatever the case, though, we'll definitely track this going into next year to see if this trend of a more top-heavy approach continues. Uh, moving to the feature category, first with animated feature, uh, the nominees were um, we had uh, Boy and the Heron, um, we had Element from uh, Studio Ghibli, uh, we had Elemental uh, from uh, Pixar, uh, Nimona uh, from Netflix, uh, Robot Dreams from Neon, uh, which is you know by director Pablo Berger. It's a Spanish animated film, and then uh, from Sony, Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. Um, now this one I think was pretty set outside of that last slot. You know, Boy and the Hair and Spider Verse were pretty locked. Elemental was the best performing Disney film by far this year. And then of the Netflix films who Netflix will use to get an animated film, um, you know, Nimona was a slightly better performing one. Uh, Chicken R.I.P. the Chicken Run Two, uh, Robot Dream, Dreams probably surprised a lot of folks who had uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in fifth place. But my prediction was that you know animation committee would try to save either it or the hand painted film The Peasants for more quote unquote mature, you know, or more more you know less uh, mass appeal animation film. Now, if only they would consider how hard it would be for us death racers to try to watch it since this no release date for Robot Dreams, but uh, that's, a, that's a story for another episode. Uh, in any case, there are six people who actually who predicted this correctly. Uh, General Diamond, Ben Kelly 66, uh, Danico NZ, uh, Jackal, Jackal Kaboom, PM, and myself. Um, as far as who will win, again, it's a race between Spider-Verse and Boy and the Heron, and while conventional wisdom seems to say it's going to be Spider-Verse, I'm going to, you know, hope dict uh, that it's going to be Boy and the Heron. Uh, moving to international category, there were some surprises here, actually. Uh, you know, obviously, Anatomy of a Fall was not eligible um, because it was not Francis Submission, but in any case, the nominees are uh, Io Capitano from Italy, Perfect Days from Japan, Society of the Snow from Spain, The Teacher's Lounge from Germany, and, of course, Zone of Interest from the United Kingdom. Um, Zone of Interest, no surprise, it did get the Best Picture nomination, and I say is the presumed winner at this point. Perfect Date, I had mentioned in past episodes that, you know, since it won the Asia-Pacific Awards for Best Film, that has a perfect uh, indication record for, you know, if the film is submitted for its country and wins the Best Film, it probably will get nominated at the Oscars. Um, Society of Snow got another nom elsewhere and did great on Netflix, so, you know, that was pretty expected. The notable misses here was Finland's uh, Fallen Leaves, actually. I did see this in theaters, though I ended up not being a big fan of it. I guess Nordic humor just doesn't really fit with me. Um, instead, the sixth place film, Teacher's Down from Germany, snuck here. Uh, and then instead of what uh, Gold Derby had predicted, you know, 20 Days in Mario Paul, which also is a documentary, um, uh, or maybe Taste of Things, which I had in fourth place, 
Il Capitano, which was ranked all the way down to number 10 on Gold Derby from Italy, made it in. Now, I did have it as a potential fifth film based on precursors and such, um, but I ended up actually going with Totem instead based on the fact that, you know, in past years, Janus, you know, the distributor, had been pretty good at promoting, though if you looked at the precursors, Tot uh, Totems probably weren't quite as bountiful as Il Capitano's. Um, in any case, no one actually got this category 100% correct. Only one person actually had Il Capitano in the lineup, but they picked Fallen Leaves over Teacher's Lounge, unfortunately. And as far as Teacher's Lounge goes, only five people had that one predicted, and only one, and with one person being only one away, but they picked Merikatsi instead of uh, Perfect Days. Um, Gold Derby's themselves had this uh, with two out of five, so this is one of their worst categories of the day. Uh, likewise, no one actually correctly predicted the documentary feature category predict perfectly. Um, the nominees here were Bobby Wine, The People's President, uh, The Eternal Memory, Four Daughters, To Kill a Tiger, 20 Days in Mario Paul. Um, so yeah, uh, 20 Days in Mario Paul and Four Daughters were pretty safe. You know, they were both in the international and documentary categories, which was a pretty safe bet for them there. Um, I had Eternal Memory on my list, um, and Gold Derby had it in sixth. Um, you know, based off of number of precursors, that's why I included it in, so not a major surprise. Bobby Wine was seventh uh, for Gold Derby, and To Kill the Tiger was number 10, so they felt a little bit of out of left field. Um, now, Bobby Wine, I guess, did have the the IDA uh, win, uh, which should have been a clue, actually. That award is a apparently been a, a good precursor for the last six years so in the in future years i'll definitely be sure to keep that in my predictions um but you know uh many people had still a michael j fox movie in there um i personally didn't have still um you know i thought it, it would have broken the mostly sound precedent that uh nominees are almost always from doc nyc film festival and also it seemed kind of like that more popular film about a pop culture icon that get that ends getting snubbed think you know won't you be my neighbor of course, you know, this streak about Doc NYC ends up being broken by To Kill a Tiger, which had literally zero precursors, including not getting into Doc NYC. Um, another pop culture miss that I had, I think many people had on the lineup, was American Symphony, you know, the Netflix film about John Baptiste, um, which, you know, leaves Netflix in the dark in this category, though um, at least th that, th that film did get the song nomination later on, so we still will have to watch it. Uh, the other big miss, and probably the what the other kind of egregious miss in my opinion here, was that Beyond Utopia um, missed breaking the streak of the Sundance Audience Award documentary favorite making it in. And yeah, it's one of the most upsetting misses of the day for me. Uh, with this current slate, you know, and the ongoing war in Ukraine, I think 20 Days is probably the favorite to win. Uh, no one got this lineup correct, as I mentioned, and because no one predicted to, to, to kill a tiger, and only six people had Bobby Wine. Uh, Gold Derby themselves, again, also only had a two out of five in this category, so uh, pretty rough day, pretty, pretty rough day all around for international documentary. Uh, moving to the technical categories, in cinematography, the nominees are. Uh, El Conde, uh, Edward Lachman, Kills the Flower Moon, Rodrigo Prieto, Maestro, Matthew Libatique, Oppenheimer, Hoyte Van Hoytema, and Poor Things for Robbie Ryan. Honestly, the four Best Picture nominees here uh, were pretty expected. You know, they were they got all the precursors at that point. The last part was a three-way race, right? Uh, it was between Zone of Interest uh, uh, by with Lucas Zal, who got the uh, BAFTA nomination. Uh, we had and and was and you know was the Gold Derby favorite to take the spot. Um, El Conde, which won the American Society, got a nomination from the American Society of Cinematographers. Um, he is you know another favorite from the category from from the from the Guild. And then Saltburn, which won the British Society nomination uh, for. Um, Linus Sandgren, and that's what I had selected so that Saltburn wouldn't go home empty-handed. Uh, in the end, though, Netflix was able to push the well-known cinematographer Edward Lockman to a nomination here, much in the same way they did with Darius Kanji last year for Bardo. 
Now, of these, I think Oppenheimer is the favorite to win, though I'd probably go for poor things personally. Five people got this one perfectly. Uh, Moises, Pointman, Whitney Zoe, Bed Burger333, and Nico Ng. Uh, moving to editing, uh, the best the this is the best best picture love fest with all of the nominees being from best picture. Um, the nominees here are Anatomy of a Fall, Lawrence Sinisal, The Holdovers, Kevin Tent, uh, Kills the Flower Moon, Thelma Soonmago, who I believe is the, has the record now for most nominated editor, uh, Oppenheimer, Jennifer Lame, and Poor Things, Yorgos Mavros uh, Um, you know, again. Being a being a being a very close precursor for best picture, of course, the favorites to win here, you know, kills the flower moon, Oppenheimer, and poor things, all got a nomination here, and you know, those those are what I predicted. Gold Derby's did have the hold holdovers here as well, which you know kind of makes sense. People are saying it could be a best picture uh, uh, one to get in, um, though they did miss on Barbie. Um, uh, in, uh, instead, you know, they they instead their sixth place, uh, Anime of a Fall, got in instead of Barbie. For me, I had Barbie out, but went with Anatomy and zone over holdovers my logic being that you know the sound and editing were more closely linked to my wind mine with the success uh or, 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 or would together and then so zone why I predicted would be in sound would get a nomination here as well um plus you know i thought the accomplishment of the film had more to do with less less to do with the cinematography and more to do with the white shots and how they were edited together with the sound in any case, you know, I think I'm going to go here with Oppenheimer winning. Um, as far as who got the perfect category here, there were seven people. Uh, Jeffrey Mahoney, That's Not Mads, Ava, uh, Ordovica and Occult, Nico, Jakal Kaboom, and PM all hitting five for five. Uh, moving to production design, the nominees were uh, Barbie, um, Kills the Flower Moon, Napoleon, uh, Oppenheimer, and Poor Things. Again, four of four of the big the big four, as I mentioned, you know, the Barbenheimer, Poor Things, Kills the Flower Moon. The flex spot here going to Napoleon, which I actually had predicted Asteroid City, um, and Gold Derby had had a zone of interest instead, which I wouldn't have been mad at, frankly speaking. Um, I can't understand, though, Napoleon getting a nom here. You know, the sets and the, and the layout was all beautiful when I saw it uh, and on the big screen. Um, I thought Asteroid City, though, was a little bit more deserving. Notably, this does mean the stat that I've been tracking of the highest per theater average of the year, getting something each Oscars has been broken. Uh, of these, it probably goes to Barbie for drying up the pink paint supply worldwide. Um, the eight contents nominees uh, participants who got this category correct were Dale, aka Eric, uh, Moises, Natalone813, Ava213846, uh, uh, Agrajag22, General 51 and J Jackal Kaboom. Uh, moving to costumes, the nominees are uh, Barbie from Jacqueline Duran, uh, Kills the Flower Moon for Jacqueline West, Napoleon for Jan Yates and Dave Crossman, uh, Oppenheimer for Ellen Mirajnik, uh, Poor Things for Holly Waddington. Now, this is actually the identical lineup to the production design category with the big four plus Napoleon. A bit of a curveball here. You know, this is a notoriously insular group, but they actually had two first-time nominees. Uh, Holly Waddington for Poor Things, which was kind of what everyone said would be the expected newcomer. Um, but then you also have Ellen Mirajnik uh, for Oppenheimer, though she did actually win the, looking at back at she did win the uh, Costume Guild uh, Lifetime Achievement Award. So I guess she is in the in-crown in there already. I did have Lindy Hemming in for Wonka instead of Oppenheimer, which, you know, she was a past winner. Um, but I guess that didn't really pan out, and Wonka is out of the race. Uh, most people, though, did get this one correctly, with 20 people getting it right, um, as did Gold Derby. Um, as far as the winner, I think I'll repeat my production performance once again and go with Barbie. Moving to the sword list of title categories for makeup and hairstyling, uh, the nominees are... 
Golda, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, and Society of Snow. Uh, once again, Golda Ruby won 5 out of 5 here. With the three eligible big four films, Barbie was not shortlisted. Uh, but Foreign Film Society of the Snow, with also Foreign Film of Society of the Snow, plus Heron, Helen Mirren film uh, Golda. I had Oppenheimer out of here, thinking to me that the makeup and hair effects there didn't seem that impressive, and perhaps I hope they did uh, that the fully practical uh, uh, effects of Last Voyage of the Demeter could sign some love on monster makeup, but alas, it was not to be. Uh, here, 25 people got it all correct, and of these, I think Maestro is the frontrunner by a nose. Uh, moving to the sound categories in score, uh, the nominees are... Uh, American Fiction by Laura Cartman, uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny Robbie, John, for John Williams, uh, Kills the Flower Moon for Robbie Robertson, which is a posthumous nomination, uh, Oppenheimer for Ludwig Göransson, and Poor Things for Jerskin Fendricks. Again, three of the big four, and I guess uh, the, the big three by total nominations since Barbie got a little bit less. Uh, Ludwig's score is you know, probably his best to date. Uh, is a po- again, the posthumous nomination for Departed Legend and Zerskin Fendrick's mm, eclectic uh, score. Now, I'll admit I haven't seen Indiana Jones, but it feels kind of lazy for them to name check John Williams to give him his, what, all-time uh, living person most nominations at 54. Uh, for a score, he's basically recycled for several decades at this point. Uh, similarly, I found American Fiction score to be, well, I didn't really find anything about it just because it didn't really come to my consciousness at all as I watched. Uh, kind of disappointed in these two nominations. I had personally the two animated films Elemental, uh, you know, which granted is a bit of a name check for Thomas Newman, who has the record for most nominations without a win. Uh, come on, give the man a break. Uh, and it also Boring the Heron, which would, you know, have been, you know, bit, maybe a bit of a legacy award, but also, you know, his first time nomination for a well-deserved score in Boring the Heron. Um, I would have even gone with, you know, Spider-Verse or a Zone of Interest over these two. Um, so, yeah. In any case, no one got this one correct. No one had predicted American fiction. And only six people had Indiana Jones in there. So, again, of these, I think it's probably going to be Oppenheimer, though I could also very well see them, you know, giving this posthumous award to Robbie Robertson. Uh, moving to sound, you know, a little bit of a shake-up in here. Uh, the nominees are uh, The Creator, Maestro, uh, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Oppenheimer, and The Zone of Interest. Now, Oppenheimer and Zone of Interest were the only two to be nominated here and in editing, uh, so it's a good chance for their win here. Um, historically, the two categories have been tied together, except for last year. Um, I'm actually going to go ahead and break and predict a split once again, Oppenheimer taking editing, but Zone of Interest taking the sound, though don't hold me to that. Um, now, Maestro also was kind of forecast as well, with it being about music and all. Um, the other two, though, you know, Creator and Mission Impossible, not really on anyone's radar for this category. Instead, Gold Turby and I both had Kills the Flower Moon and Ferrari in these last two spots. Now, Kills, Kills the Flower Moon probably more so just because it was going with editing, but definitely Ferrari, I think, deserved the sound. That's I'm not too, too mad about these being in. You know, both did have great sound design, and I can applaud them, though personally, I think Ferrari was a touch better. Um, but yeah, anyway, no one predicted this one correctly once again. Only one person had the creator, um, though they also had Ferrari and, and, and Barbie, and only two people had Miss Impossible. Both of them had Ferrari, one with Kills the Flower Moon, and the other with Barbie. Um, moving on to visual effects, uh, this is actually the only non-animated international or documentary category that does not have any uh, Best Picture nominees. Um, the nominees here are The Creator, Godzilla Minus One, uh, Guardians of the Ga- uh, so Godzilla Minus One, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning, and Napoleon. 
Now, three of these fights were pretty easily predicted. Uh, Creator, Godzilla Minus One, and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, all very well deserved. Mission Impossible was a bit of a surprise, as was Napoleon. Uh, Gold Derby had poor things um, and Society of Snow. Um, I personally had Society of Snow. Poor things didn't really do well at the Visual Effects Guild, so I went with Indiana Jones instead for their de-aging technology. I can see, though, how you know the two that did make it in, you know, Mr. Impossible and Napoleon, uh, could make it in. So I'm not too mad about it. Uh, ten people, you know, had Napoleon right, uh, with only five of them being one away. All of them missed Mr. Impossible. Only one of them, uh, except for one, who missed Guardians of the Galaxy for some reason. Um, and then uh, there were 11 who had missed Impossible, with only three being one away. One had Napoleon, but missed Guardians of the Galaxy, um, who we just mentioned. And then two of them just missed on Napoleon. Um, of these, you know, I don't think there's a clear frontrunner, perhaps the creator, given that it's, you know, the, it's the only one with a second nom- Well, not true. It, it, the it or Mist Impossible, you know, are the only two with a second nomination. I think the visual effects for the creator are a little bit more impressive. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say, you know, Godzilla minus one. I think it gets the win, kind of like an RRR situation, just kind of like that little foreigner film that people love and glom onto with a ton of goodwill. Uh, for our final feature category, we have our favorite, of course, original song. Uh, the nominees ho- n- no, the nominees here are um, The Fire Inside from Flame and Hot, Music and Lyrics by Dan Warren. Uh, I'm Just Ken from Barbie, Music and Lyrics by Mark Ronson and Andrew Wyatt. Uh, it Never Went Away from American Symphony, Music and Lyrics by John Baptiste and Dan Wilson. Uh, Wazaze. Wazaza, yes. A Song for My People from Kills of the Flower Moon. Music and lyrics by Scott, Scott George. And What Was I Made For from Billy Ar- Isla- from Barbie. Music and lyrics by Billy, Billy Eilis and Phineas O'Connell. Um, I got to say, at this point, it's just kind of funny how Diane Warren's dominance is so is in this category is so entrenched that it, it's it's not even a question. Like Gold Derby had her predicted here. No one's even surprised that she gets the nomination. I predicted her, of course. Um, you know, of course, we got the two of the two Barbie songs as well. And then American Symphony, you know, was did it get some recognition, even if not, if not in documentary, um, with it never went away. Um, I ended up predicting this, uh, taking it putting it in instead of, um, of of the Color Purple song, which I originally had in here. Um, what surprised me and most people, I think, was the Wazaze song from Killers of the Flower Moon, getting in over the presumed nominee Road to Freedom from Rushton by Lenny Kravitz. Honestly, not that mad at this pick. Um, you know, uh, you know, it, it, you know, it's cool seeing this this indigenous representation some more. Though I will say this, this could me out of getting further in the red carpet roster playoff since I was running Lenny Kravitz um, and ended up getting zero points here. So. Uh, not salty there. Um, in any case, no one got this one perfect with only three people correctly correctly predicting Wazaze. Um, the one who missed, um, the one one missed it by missing on Diane Warren of all people. Um, one missed it for Rustin, uh, or missed on Diane Warren instead they put the Rustin song in. Uh, one missed on American Symphony, put in the Hunger Games song, and then one missed on I'm Just Ken, which I think is even a layoff. Put again, putting in the Hunger Games song. Um, of these, though, I'm going to say I think what was I made for probably repeats at the, for what it did at the Golden Globes and goes on with the win. Uh, finally, wrapping up the nominees are the sorts. Now, of course, these are always a shit show to, to predict as a category. No one got all of these rights. Gold Derby went as low as two out of five in live action. 
I just personally went with one, the films that did well at the AODR Film Festival, and also two, the films that American Asian American advocacy group Goldhouse recommended as as you know on the gold list of films, you know, kind of with Asian representation, um, and also threw in some here that were politically relevant or Netflix pushed, since you know they always always seem to do strong in the sorts. Um, no predictions for me. Not telling you what my predictions were here, but in any case, the nominees are. Uh, let's see, for live action sort, um, we have the after, Invincible, Night of Fortune, uh, Red, White, and Blue, and The Wonderful World of Henry Sugar. Uh, for documentary sort film, we have the ABCs of Book Burning, The Barber of Little Rock, Island in Between, The Last Repair Shop, and Nai Nai and Waipo. Um, and then for best animated sort, we had Letter to a Pig, 95 Senses, Our Uniform, Pachyderm, and Wars Over inspired the music of John and Yoko. I have not seen basically any of these nominees before the nomination day to compare, so I can't really say anything. But the standouts include uh, Wes Anderson still getting a nomination with Wonderful World of Henry Sugar, despite missing out on uh, Asteroid City. Um, meanwhile, Pedro Almodovar's A Strange Way of Life ended up missing here. Disney completely blanked in animated with Once Upon a Studio not getting a nomination. Imagine being the studio that misses on your feature celebration for your 100th years as well as for your sort. Couldn't be me. And then for documentary sort, not too much to say here beside the fact that uh, between this uh, and the uh, animate and the animated sort, I actually got a bunch of nominations uh, correct um, uh, that were not in that were not in the gold in the gold derby top five, including uh, in Island in Between and Nai Nai and Waipo, as well as our our uniform and wars over in in animated sort. Okay. That is a lot of nominees. Took a half hour to get through them all. Um, some notable stats I want to point out. You know, not nothing about accomplishments. Other people will be able to talk about all of those. But as far as Oscars prediction stuff goes, you know, in the last five years or so, we've had a max of. 41 nominations among the uh, top four nomination getters overall, um, usually being less. 41 is like kind of the all-time high. This year, we broke that record, uh, and I lost the film, but as a result, uh, with 42 nominations among Oppenheimer, Barbie, Poor Things, and Kills the Flower Moon, just one more nomination, and I would have ended up winning that bet. Or one fewer, rather. Um, Oppenheimer came away big with 13 total nominations, one sort of the all-time record, sealed by Ben Hur, Titanic, and Lord of the Rings, Return of the Kings. Against my predictions, it overperformed by two. I had at 11 total. Uh, Poor Things maxed mine at 11. Kills the Flower Moon underperformed by one, coming in at 10 versus the 11 I predicted. And then Barbie matched exactly at my predictions at eight. Um, there were 38 total feature films in contention here, definitely in line with the number of nominees we have in past years. You know, I have that, you know, 40 films you should be looking for uh, prediction list. I definitely missed some things there. Um, I'm going to go back at a later time and kind of compare my prediction to uh, how things ended, actually ended up. But, you know, if you include sorts, you know, to these 38, you ended up with uh, 53 films total. Uh, overall, I'm pretty happy with the set of nominees. Um, if there are any kind of like major cripples, one, I think the America Ferreira in supporting actress uh, inclusion is pretty weird. Um, Beyond Utopia missing documentary is pretty egregious for me. And then I definitely would have liked any two other films over Indiana Jones or American Fiction for score. Um, I'm slightly, though not as annoyed, at Ferrari missing sound and kind of blanking generally. You know, I can understand why it missed uh, in um, in in the sound category, but you know, definitely not for supporting actress. Uh, Maestro, you know, getting original score, original screenplay was a little bit weird for me. Um, and then. Um, 
Asteroid City uh, missing on production design um, was, you know, again, not something I'm happy about, but, uh, you know, kind of understandable um, given the, who, who did get in. Um, as far as, you know, my were my predictions of who I think is going to win, if we tally them all up, uh, we end up with seven wins for Oppenheimer, including Best Picture. Poor Things ends up getting blanked uh, unless Emma Stone can somehow steal a win from Lily Gladstone, in which case Kills the Flower Moon would go home blanked. Um, I also have Past Lives and Anatomy Fall unfortunately blanking over Overall, um, with all the other Best Picture nominees getting something, a uh, holdover supporting actress and original screenplay, uh, American Fiction adapted screenplay, um, Zone of Interest, International and Sound, Barbie costume and production and song, uh, and Maestro getting makeup and hair. Now, that's all good and well, but let's go to the important stuff. Who won the nomination prediction contest? Well, Gold Derby had a total, by my count, of uh, 91 nominations correct over uh, for just about a 75.8% nomination rate, or correct prediction rate. Compared to last year's 85 correct, now that's actually a step up. Um, Myself, I went from uh, 77 to 84 to 89 over the last three years, so pretty happy with my personal improvement. Um, the average of the 55, 54-ish respondents in the survey, up from only 44 last year, if I may add, uh, was 87.15 uh, with a median of 87. This is up from 79.7 average last year with a median of 82. However, the real news here is I think that compared to last year, with only three people beating Gold Derby and one person tying, this year we have 12 people beating Gold Derby and two tying. So first up, let's honor those who matched Gold Derby's 91. We have Chris FHD uh, on both Discord and Reddit, as well as the user Savannah in Discord. Congratulations. Next up with 92 correct uh, points total, uh, Reddit user Pointman528491, uh, Discord user Bboy28, Discord user Natalone813, Reddit user Funny Girl Friday, Discord user Yellow Topaz14, and Jackal Kaboom on both Reddit and Discord. And then with 93 points total, Discord user Ava, Reddit user 213846, Discord user JJBJR, and by the way, all three of these submitted within like two hours of each other. Um, and then we also have Discord user KF Slider. And as if 93 points wasn't crazy enough, you know, being that far ahead of Gold Derby, there were two entrants uh, who got 94 points total, um, which actually ties the all-time best uh, for number of predictions. Both regulars are in both are regulars in the Oscars this race Discord. Uh, first up, in second place, uh, on account of tiebreakers being determined by who submitted first, submitting just past midnight Eastern time on the 23rd, we have the Nico NG, um, who was only one point away from tying uh, from first place two years ago. Um, you know, he had he had he was he was one point short rather last year uh, two years ago. Um, and then in first place with a submission time of 7.55 p.m. Eastern Time on the 22nd, so what, just about four hours difference, we have Ben Kelly 66, who last year had 89 total, five points back from the first place's 94. Both of them got perfect best pictures, original screenplays, actors, animated feature, makeup and hair, and costume design. Nico also had a perfect editing, cinematography, as well for eight perfect categories, uh, which actually is the most of any person. With one other, per with Ava, shout out to you, actually tying as well. Um, you know, she just did a little bit worse in sorts overall. Um, however, you know, Nico had a couple extra misses in director, score, song, and visual effects that brought him down to tie uh, with Ben Kelly. 
in any case, uh, congratulations to everyone. Congratulations to Ben, to Nico, everyone else for doing the, doing a great job. Um, and thanks to everyone for entering, even if you didn't beat Gold Derby. I think it's you know taking on this task and trying to predict is always fun and makes for a great community discussion. So thank you. Uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks uh, for the Winner's Prediction Contest and, of course, hopefully next year uh, for the full-time contest. Uh, if you have any questions about how you did last year versus this year, let me know. I'm not going to name what everyone did. I'm not going to publicly put put all that out there for everyone. But if, you, if you're curious, let me know. And I'll see if I can get that number on how much you improved versus last year. Uh, before we get to my final segment of the episode where I tally up what I have, haven't seen, plan out the rest of my race, I want to do a brief in-morium segment, if you will. Films that at one point had some sort of Oscars buzz, but sadly just couldn't get over that final finish line. Uh, specifically for films that entirely blank. So even if May, December, for example, sort of gotten perhaps more cuff cuff Charles Melton Hive, um, it still is at least in the race and will be in, in the history book. So um, these are a mix of some that I came up with, some that I put a post out on the Oscar race Discord to see what other people suggested. So without further ado, let's have a brief moment of silence for All of Us Strangers, Priscilla, The Iron Claw, specifically Exact Efron, Dream Scenario, Blackberry, 1001, Origin, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Amongst Thieves, John Wick 4, The Killer, Monster, The First Slam Dunk, Chicken Run 2, The Documentary, 32 Sounds, Animated Film, The Peasants, Documentary, Kokomo City, Saltburn, Ferrari, The Last Voyage of the Demeter, Wonka, Asteroid City, Totem, Fallen Leaves, Beyond Utopia, Still a Michael J. Fox movie. Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Air. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mutant Mayhem. The Sort, A Strange Way of Life. The Sort, Once Upon a Studio. Animated film Suzume. International film Taste of Things. Animated film Wiss. Flora and Son. The Sort, Anne Frank, Gifts Up. Leo. Next Goal Wins. Foe. Hunger Games for its song. Battle of the Songbird and Snakes. Bo is Afraid and the sword film, An Avocado Pit. Even if you do not make it into this into the history books by being an Oscar-nominated film, you will live on in our hearts. Or at the very least, on our letterbox lists as stuff we're planning to watch at some point when we get to a backlog. Uh, in any case, now is the time to take tally of what I personally have watched and plan out the next few episodes. Obviously, we already have watched the 13 films I had considered for Best Picture, uh, the 10 acts the 10 actually nominated for Best Picture, plus The Color Purple and May December, both of whom at least got one nomination, and Oliver Stranger, who got none. Uh, in addition to those 12 that made it uh, to the race, I have also seen uh, Napoleon, The Creator, Mission Impossible 7, 20 Days in Mario Paul, The Boy and the Heron, Godzilla Minus One, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, Perfect Days, and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. This puts me at 21 out of 38 features. Uh, in addition, after the nominations came out uh, today, as of writing this, I'm releasing the day after, um, I watched three of the live action sorts before they got pulled off of YouTube, uh, Night of Solitude, Invincible, and Red, White, and Blue. So overall, I'm, I'm at 24 out of 53, representing about 84 out of 120 total nominations. Now, rather talk about these films in this episode, which is already super packed, I'm going to instead going to pace out my episodes over the next month and a half uh, for different themes and topics, and we'll just talk about those films when I get to those topics. 
So next week, January 31st, we're going to talk about the two films in Above the Line I have not yet seen, Nyad and Rustin. We'll also talk about the five live animated sorts, um, the three I just mentioned, plus Henry Sigrin and The After, both of which are on Netflix. In fact, all four films next, next week will be on Netflix, so super easy. Then on February 7th, which is actually, I'm actually starting a new job on February 5th. So hopefully I'm able to like get through a lot of this stuff before then. Um, we'll get into the technical category. So we're going to talk about Napoleon, uh, The Creator, Godzilla Minus One, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, and Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, as well as you know the films I have yet to watch, El Conde, which is on Netflix, Golda, which is on VOD, and Indiana Jones, The Dial of Destiny, which is on Disney+, Plus, which I just renewed my subscription for just for the Oscars. Uh, moving to Valentine's Day on February 14th, we're going to have a more documentary-centric episode. Um, I've only seen 20 Days of Mario Paul of these, so I'm going to need to watch uh, Bobby Wine, A People's President, on Disney+, Plus, uh, Four Daughters, which is on VOD, Eternal Memory on Paramount+, Plus, and To Kill a Tiger, which is not yet legally available online, but hopefully I can somehow get a hold of it before then. Uh, if not, we'll just leave it off the episode. Um, and then we'll also do all of the sorts. Um, ABCs of Burning Books is on Paramount+. Plus. Um, the Barber of Little Rock, Alan in Between, and Last of Parasop are on YouTube on, I believe, the New York Times, LA Times, and New Yorker channels, respectively. And I don't. And even if it's done, they get taken off YouTube, they should still be on those newspapers' websites. Um, and then Nine Eye and Wipeaw, which is not yet out, but actually got acquired by Disney and Hulu uh, and should be coming out sometime next month. We don't know exactly when. So hopefully it gets out before this episode. And then February 21st, we'll have a special guest on uh, to talk about all things animation. People who are familiar with the podcast and listen for multiple seasons may know who it is. Um, by this time, I'll have seen Elemental on Disney+, Plus, as well as Nimona on Netflix, um, and then Robot Dreams. Um, so Robot Dreams does not yet have a release date, uh, according to Neon, which is frustrating. However... I personally am lucky because the uh, there's an there's a, an animation film festival this weekend in New York City um, on Sunday at 2 p.m. Uh, which I am going to go and see it there. So I'm a little bit lucky, admittedly, living in New York. Um, but I will have Robot Dreams. Um, we're pushing this back a little bit so that hopefully my guest can be able to see Robot Dreams uh, before then. Um, and also, you know, I have not seen any of the animated sorts, um, and you know, I figured. You know, I might as well support the IFC Center and watch the animated sorts features when it comes out uh, the weekend of February 16th. So that's why it's going to be later later on in the season. And then February 28th, you know, we'll hopefully be able to wrap up the race before March, actually, with the international films and songs. So I've already seen Perfect Days, um, but that actually, if you ha if you haven't yet, comes out I in theaters, I believe, early February. Um, I'm also going to see Society of Snow on Netflix. Io Capitano in theaters coming out February 23rd, hence, you know, pushing this to, toward the end of the race. And then Teacher's Lounge, which is actually currently in theaters near me, and I hope to see this week before I start my new job. Um, I'm also should be able to finish American Symphony on Netflix, and of course, Diane Warren's Flame and Hot uh, on Hulu, ending with the song nominee, Diane Warren, as is tradition. Hopefully this actually gives me time to actually work there, have some time and vote on everything before the deathies, uh, which of course come out on February, on March 9th. Um, and yeah, and then the final episode, you know, after, you know, February 28th, before the Oscars, um, which will be uh, March 6th, we're going to have a winner's prediction contest. Um, so, you know, the episode of uh, the 28th, I'm going to release a form similar to the one I put out for the nomination prediction contest, where you can predict your winners and also who you would want to win for each category. Um, and then, yeah, we'll go, me and another guest will go over our predictions on who we think is going to win um, on the 6th, you know, hopefully a little bit more founded with some more precursors under our belt by then 
Um, and then, yeah, I will, uh, and then I'll, and then if there's any films that maybe I got behind, maybe I couldn't get to the, you know, the stuff in theaters in time or whatever, or I've worked stuff that gets away from me, um, I'm still going to be able to, you know, have a couple of weeks buffer to be able to watch everything before the Oscars on, of course, March 10th. And then we'll wrap up the season as always the, the Wednesday after March 13th, uh, kind of just going over the death race and congratulating everyone who gets there. So, um, yeah, I, of course, you know, again, things may get away from me. We'll see how it gets there. Um, but, you know, hopefully you guys are in a good place for your death races. In fact, um, if you go to the various tracking sites online, we have deathracetracking.com. There are, as of the time of writing, five degenerates. Uh, and I'm yes, I'm calling you degenerate, uh, who have already completed your race um, from the very first day. Um, I believe these are in order. Uh, B. Mac Murray, uh, who is also first place on uh, the other sister site, OscarsDeathRace.com. Uh, Chris FHD, um, second place on OscarsDeathRace.com. Um, last I checked, um, and then we have a Killua, who's third on DeathRaceTracking.com, um, and and then and then also third on uh, OscarsDeathRace.com, and then Adele, um, uh, third on Oscars, De- also fourth on OscarsDeathRace.com, um, and then we have the Elk on DeathRaceTracking.com, and also ATX H. 40 um, on oscarsdeathrace.com so um, looking at it live just now actually so um, there are two other people who are only one film away uh, from getting to uh, a full completion so you know definitely people getting a move on uh, best of luck with you you know I think my number um, is like like 100 or something like 117 on 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 oscarsdeathrace.com probably lower down on oscar on deathracetracking.com so i definitely got to, got to move on to go on you know i could maybe try to rush it all out but hey that wouldn't be good content for you guys if i try to kind of just rush it all out so in any case this episode has gone on long enough that wraps up this episode of the oscars death race podcast let me know how your death is going over on twitter at oscarsdracecast or via email at oscarsdeathracepodcast at gmail.com Make sure to subscribe to the show on your podcast of choice, iTunes, Spotify. Uh, if you can leave a review or just say it with a friend who loves movies, any of that is super helpful. Uh, those will be linked in the show notes alongside my Letterbox to account under the username NinjaBoyBoyThanI. Also, be sure to check out the Oscars Race and Oscars Death Race subreddits, as well as the Academy of Death Races Discord, as well as AODR.net, OscarsDeathRace.com, and DeathRaceTracking.com. Uh, the... Academy of Deathless Discord, someone emailed me that it may be out of date. Just email me uh, and then or, or, or post in the in the subreddits uh, and we'll get you a link sorted out. Um, anyway, music is provided by Kevin MacLeod at incompetently.filmies.io. Editing production provided by Ninja Boy Media. That's it for this week. This has been Paul of the Oscars Death Race podcast. And until next time, I'll be here trying to watch all the Oscar nominees or die trying. Good luck with the race, everyone. Mm-hmm.